Welcome to Beers, Business, and Balls, presented by House Enterprise. Join Will Tondo and Jake Zimmer every week as we dive into interviews with leaders in the craft beer, business news, and sports entertainment world. This podcast wouldn't be here without Spotify. Get to know Spotify for podcasters, the free all-in-one podcast platform for every creator. This tool allows you to publish shows to all major platforms and helps turn your passions into careers. To find out more, head over to podcasters.spotify.com. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code BBB for all wager incentives. That's code BBB only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hope is here. Call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org if you have any issues. Play it smart from the start with GameSense. Now, here's our episode of Beers, Business, and Balls. Hot start already as we press. Hot the start. Let's let's enjoy it off off the rip. Welcome to Beer's Business of Balls presented by House Enterprise, and it's our draft day episode. Uh, Jake Zimmer, Will Tondo here, and we got three of our house members, our NFL analysts, and people who have been on the show a ton. We got Sam Basil, Jordan Laube, and James Moss, Clubfoot Jim. Uh, it's a busy week. We got Jordan's getting married. Clubfoot Jim just turned twenty six. No, twenty five. Basil, Aaron Rodgers might be a Jet this week. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so, but how's everyone doing? And uh, welcome back to the show. I'm doing well, man. I, uh, yeah. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, I was, I was, I was while prepping my notes today. I was, I was really struggling because I mean, I guess I had this question saved up, for, saved up for James when we got to the pick, but I guess I'll just ask it now. Um, if the Aaron Rodgers trade talks don't, you know, kind of finalize before Thursday, like like they say they're kind of they kind of want to now. Um, if you're if you're either of those teams going into the draft, are you thinking uh, I'm really nervous about making this pick because everything I everything I think about can can be totally neutralized by an incoming Aaron Rodgers pick, or are you thinking uh, do I tailor my pick? to being a better piece in this trade more so than being a better piece on my team. And that's kind of like what I've been wrapping my head around. I can't really, you know, find an answer to. So I was hoping any, any of you guys would be able to help me answer that. Yeah. I've been, um, I've been kind of looking at it. Like the pick is for us and going like going forward is for the jets. So I kind of have it, you know, sort of offensive line focused or uh, maybe defensive end focused, but yeah, I'm looking at it like it, it's it's going to be our pick. Yeah, that's a good point. Because even if even if Aaron Rodgers comes in, I mean, I feel like the offensive line is something that the Jets have been looking to improve for a really long time. Uh, yeah, since I've been alive, I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, like, I'm still hung up on this. I, I'm still hung up that you're Aaron Rodgers. You spend however long was it? Two weeks in the dark? Did he spend a week? Four days, I think. Four it was days. only four days, close, right? Yeah. It was supposed to be two weeks originally, right? I think most people do two weeks or like anyone that goes in there and he said he would only need four days. 
So. Yeah, so that's first of all <laughs> weird, weird move to say like, "Hey, I'm going into this darkness retreat, but I'm going to cut it in less than half." And second of all, you spend four days in the darkness, like ready to retire from football, and then you come out of there and say, "I want to go to the New York Jets." After spending four days in utter darkness, is he mentally insane? Is part of what I'm asking, but. I think the I think the funniest thing there was a recent news uh, clip that came out that they were saying he was uh, Aaron Rodgers was texting uh, Calais Campbell it was like yo you should go to the Jets and I'm like how are you gerrymandering for a team that you're not even a part of <laughs> he stopped playing for them. exactly it's what like he's fuck? he's like oh he's pulling these strings and it's like you are I would say when the when he had the Pat McAfee clip you are a hundred percent a New York Jet. I'm dropping it down to like 75% now. Yeah, is that tampering for a team you don't play for? (laughs) Like, can you get hung up on tampering charges with (laughs) a team that you don't play for? I mean, they already made moves to kind of pave the way for him, right? Alan Lazard, they hired the the OC that, 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 that he really liked working with. So, I mean, these pieces have been in place for a really long time. I would love to know what exactly about those trade talks stalled so long ago because it's one of the it's it's been such a weird thing because i mean i I guess in general nfl headlines have kind of quieted down with everything going on i mean in the in the in the inter in the in the middle of when aaron Rodgers these trade talks first started to today we've had the final four the stanley cup playoffs beginning the ml the nba playoffs beginning uh baseball has started and now the draft is coming up it's been a long time, and it feels like this has been ready to go for also a long time. But it's just they just haven't hit the make make trade button. It's 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 really it's it's really weird. It's it's I feel like I I feel like we haven't seen something like this in in a really long time, if if at all. Yeah. The one thing I'll add to that is that Ian Rappaport about a month ago said, "Don't expect anything to be done until draft night," and he doubled down on that today when he said, "It looks like draft night will be the night when the moves are made." What I think is going to happen is when the Jets pick at 13 comes up, they're going to swap first rounders. And in that swap, Aaron Rodgers, a few other players will be put in that trade for Jets picks for this year and next year. I don't think the Packers will get a first round in return besides the swap they'll make. Um, But what I would expect is some second rounders either this year, next year, a few more day three picks are thrown in that trade. Um, cause the jets right now, they, they still have a lot of leverage over it, right? Like the Packers know that Jordan love is their guy. So at this point, the Packers and the jets know that they're like, all you need to do is just get rid of this guy. So I'm not going to sell the farm to try get someone that you actively don't want on your team and that your owner said that we don't want him on the team anymore. So at this rate, I think it's going to be a day of trade. Uh, make sure any other trades that happen have already happened. Obviously, we we are most likely going to see some movement um, within the top 12 picks. Most likely the Cardinals will move back. Potentially Detroit may move back, depending on how the first five picks go. Um, so there's a lot of movement that will happen in the first 12, and I think the Jets and Packers both want to wait for the dust to settle until the Jets' first-round pick comes up, and then they'll execute the trade. Aaron Rodgers will be a Jet by that 13th overall pick. Packers will move up to 13 and then they'll pick whoever they want at 13. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But someone is very angry outside, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're good. Of the mean streets of New York. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
So let's dive into the draft. Um, you know, we we did an episode last year and we we did really well. I mean, Jordan or Zim, do you remember the final stats on we were like pretty, pretty spot on with the picks? I, I think, think we, we had so. yeah, Jordan, if you've got them offhand, you're a data guy. So. Yeah. I, I don't have them on a spreadsheet, but from what I remember, because I looked at it a month ago, I think we had 16 picks exactly correct, right spot to the right team. And I think there were six others. The person went to the right team or it was at the exact pick that we looked for, but a different team. So we got yeah. 22 out of the 32 in some capacity. Correct. Hey, I mean, that's insane. That's really good statistics here. Um for those that listened last year, you recall that we randomized the initial order and then we just sort of snaked it from there. Um, a few changes coming this year. We're going to randomize the first uh, – how to describe it? Like the, the, every set of five picks, basically, we're going to randomize. So we're not really going to know – we don't know who's drafting where and when right now. So we're about to find all this stuff out adds for a little element of complexity and surprises and not the pre-scripted sort of, all right, we're going to take this person here and you know, this person will be here for us at 19 or whatever. This is all live people. This is all off the cuff. Uh, a couple analysis. We're going to break down some picks in between while guys are, while guys are picking and it should be pretty fun. So I don't know, Jordan. You want to uh, show the folks that are in video mode our uh, all the amazing work that you put in to <laughs> aggregate all of these big boards and turn them into one big resource for us. For sure. So what we did is that we took the top fifty prospects for each. I'm not going to say major big board, but these are the ones that I feel most people will go to. Uh, we have Pro Football Focus, ESPN, Pro Football Network. CBS and Yahoo. What I did is we took the average of all top 50 picks for these five big boards and it punched out this list of 50 here, right under where it says consensus. I'll highlight it here. Um, and it goes down to 50. The people that have NA, that means that they were only on four boards or less. They weren't on all five boards. So what I did from here is that I just did a fine search and basically said, how many times did they appear on these boards and what were their average rank within these boards? And then I ranked it from there. So Brian Brissy was the top out of the four. Um, I forget which list he wasn't on, but he wasn't on one of the top 50 here. And then it goes down to here to the last one being Joe Tipman to make the average cut. I believe he popped up on two of the big boards. Um, so there weren't any prospects that only popped up in one top 50. They all at least were on two. Um, so it shows variety. It shows that no one has any idea what's going to happen in this draft. Um, everyone has a different opinion on certain guys. And then I didn't include it in the average, but I have my own big board here. I have my own top 50. If you follow me on Instagram uh, at the dot Jordan dot um, I'm releasing my top 50 in intervals of 10 every day leading up to the draft. So I just released 40 through 31. Um, so you'll see a lot more of that here. I mean, the people that are watching, you can pretty much see my whole list at this point. Um, but for those listening at home, um, be sure to give me a follow and check out my story over the next few days to see where I have everyone ranked. From there, we have – what I did was I created a pool. Um, this isn't exactly – in this, the same exact as the top 50 consensus, there's about 55 people here. And what I did is I color-coded based on who's a first-round lock, 
who's a first to second round grade as someone who could who should probably go in the first but might not go till the second. Then there are guys with the second round grade who have the talent to be first rounders but most likely won't get picked up the first round. And then guys who are reached. These are guys who have been talked about as first rounders but I don't think are going to be anywhere near the first round. Most notably, Hendon Hooker um, has been in multiple mock drafts as a first rounder, but he's a 25-year-old coming off an injury in a Heisman title year um, or Heisman worthy year. So jury's out on that. If he'll be a first rounder, I highly doubt it, but he could if the draft goes one way or another. I also have it broken down by specific positions. So wide receiver and then slot. Obviously, all six fall under the receiver category. But how it works is that these three here, Jordan Addison, Jay, uh, Zay Flowers, and Quinn and Johnston, uh, those were all guys who played out wide, at least 65% of the snaps or more. And then these three here, uh, Tank Dell or Nathaniel Dell, Josh Downs, and Jackson Smith and Jingba, those three have played in the slot 65% or more. Then we'll have more breakdowns. This tackle guard spot are guys who played tackle in college, but most likely will transition to guard in the NFL. Uh, defensive linemen are guys who could literally play at any position on the defensive line, either edge, they could play inside if you wanted them to. Um, and then safety nickel. There's a lot of safeties in this class that are going to find themselves playing nickel corner a lot more than over the top safety. Um, there's no safety in this class or true over the top safety that will get drafted before the third round. Um, I can almost guarantee that, but who knows? Uh, but definitely none in the first round. All the safeties that you see get picked in the first round, those are going to be slot defenders. They're going to be nickel guys. So just keep that in mind. Um, so if we ever need to reference the pool and you aren't sure exactly who you would take at that point, we can reference this, see what grade they have, and then go from there. So, And then here's our draft board. So we'll have the picker column is going to be all put in the next five names of whoever, however the order gets randomized. This way we know who's picking what. Obviously, the team that's getting picked and then the player will be input here. Similar uh, similar to last year, there will not be trades. That would be way too much of a headache to try to negotiate while on live to get the trades right. So this is the current draft board as is. We'll pick as it shows up to us. And obviously, the one caveat because of tampering surrounding Tom Brady and Sean Payton, the Dolphins have forfeited the 21st overall pick this year. So... That's going to be the one pick that won't be made tonight uh, because it won't be made on draft night. So that's in a nutshell, that's how everything is set up. Well, first off, this is sick. So <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> secondly, I honestly think like we were talking about our stats last year and you brought it up a little bit in the beginning. It sucks that we can't do trades because I think there's going to be a ton of trades. 100%. I think this year is like we're seeing – you know, is there still situations of players that are on the exclusive tag where it's like, are they going to also be like, is Lamar Jackson going to be dealt? And what, what does that mean about first round picks and uh, just other movement around? So I think this is going to be a very crazy draft, which, you know, they say that every year, but um, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of places, places that have some significant needs and uh, we're going to do our best to see if we can match them as best as we can. Love it. You ready so, for me to randomize? Get let's randomize. Perfect. So first pick is Will Tondo. Oh. No. Next pick is Jake Zimmer. Okay. Third pick is yours truly, Jordan Lauby, picking for the wonderful Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> Tampering. 
Fourth, <laughs> fourth pick, Jimothy, J- Clubfoot Jim. Wow, and we get the return of Jimothy. I love it. Jimothy, yeah, a yes, rare sir. Jimothy appearance. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have Basil picking for the Seahawks. So, how do we want to do this? A minute twenty for each pick, or do we not want to time it? How do we want to do this? We probably should have debated about this before. <laughs> I say we oh. just go. No, yeah. we just go. go. I mean, I'm on board with if, that. If yeah. Someone's on a five minute clock. We'll be like, all right, let's. Right, yeah, if somebody we can we reserve the right, like if somebody is collectively like if they're taking too long, we can collectively start the person like, all right, you got 30 seconds. Perfect. Tondo, kick us off. I think we all know who you're going with here for the first pick. Yeah, my first pick out of the Ohio's no, just kidding. Uh, we got we got, <laughs> Bryce we got Bryce Young. Uh the Panthers need the quarterback. Uh I think you know this this draft has a lot of talented quarterbacks around, but with Young canceling all of his uh, visits. This seems like this is a guaranteed consensus. All of the odds are in his favor. Um, and again, Carolina needs to start somewhere. So I think this is uh, this is the move if they don't trade the pick. Because I, I do think that a team could pay a hefty price for that number one pick. Someone desperate. 100%. Interesting. I'll piggyback off that. I think Bryce Young is going to be a good quarterback. He's personally not my top guy, but I think Bryce would fit in really well with the Panther system. Um, he may be under pressure a good amount, which he didn't do great with in college, but out of all the college QBs, he was the best under pressure. So if there's any good fit for the Panthers, Bryce Young is definitely that fit. Anyone got anything to add? No, I think that's he's, – he's a huge betting favorite, right? I think he's minus 2,000 yeah. earlier this week to go first that's overall. That's insane. That's that, – and with a draft that's so quarterback heavy, that sort of spooks me, right? It's like, Jesus yeah. Christ, who is betting that? Minus 2,000? <laughs> they could theoretically take anybody here and everybody would be like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe a little surprising, but like, yeah. holy shit, that, <laughs> that kind of value, that's crazy. It is. Here's the one pick that could go either way. Zimmer, you were in charge of the Texans. They could go quarterback. They could go defense. They could go receiver this early. Who do you think they go with? Yeah, they, they need to do a lot of different things, right? I think they 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 honestly need everything. Like the Texans are feel like they're one of those perennial teams that they just like they need one of every position, right? This may be looked at as a little controversial here, but I'm going to ride what the media has been sort of coming up on these past couple of weeks, and I think they go Will Levis here. Will Levis. I think the Texans are going to take Will Levis right here. And here's why. My gut tells me C.J. Stroud. Mm -hmm. My gut tells me Anthony Richardson. Even – I'm not even going to try to say uh, Jackson's last name, the wide receiver, right? Um, my gut is sort of telling me any of those guys, but in reality, I think Levis, they like his, it seems that all these reports are saying they like his measurables a lot more. They like his build of like an actual quarterback. I mean, look at Davis Mills. Look at why we're, they're riding him for so long. And granted he sucks, but he's six, four. He's a big dude. They originally liked him, you know, coming up the ranks. They said, Oh, you know, his progressions look halfway decent. Um, 
And I think there's part of me that says the Texans brass is going to try to make it work with a guy of similar build. Um, I think this is one that the media could really criticize off the bat. They're going to say, why the hell would they take this guy that sort of fits the Davis Mills mold and what they were trying to do. But this is make no mistake, a bet that they can make this work and they have the right system. They just need a guy that's better. So I think they're taking Levis here. I didn't have – so I have – on my big board, I have Levis as like the third or fourth quarterback. I mean, just because I don't really feel like this is a quarterback heavy draft. But I had him like in the top 15 area of my overall big board because I just felt like if any team that was going to take him as a quarterback was going – that needed a quarterback was going to take him, it would be a team like the Texans or even the Lions – that don't necessarily like a quarterback is not their biggest need to fill. I mean, Texans, you know, take that how you want. But like, like the Lions, right? Like, like they have golf, but they could they could kind of use a guy like Levis to experiment with. I mean, do you feel like he's kind of like uh, almost kind of like a, 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 a he's going to be a project that you feel like will that will pan out? I think that's the bet they're going to take. I think, um, you know, there's a lot of people that think the Colts are going to take him, too, at four. You know, I think, and the Colts probably have that same mindset. It's like, all right, we've ridden these old guys. It's a little bit different than what the Texans are doing, but I feel like the Colts are going to view him as that project, too. Like, okay, this is a guy that can be, he has a framework to be an athlete. If we surround him with one or two good other rookies or other veteran pieces, Maybe he'll be good because honestly, it's worth a gamble for them at this point. Nothing's really worked in Houston these past couple of years. So if this doesn't work out, you're going to see probably a regime change in the next three years in Houston. That's what I think. I like the Will Levis pick a lot, actually. It's not who I would choose there. I think they they actually might be taking Will Anderson there just to tank for Caleb Williams the following year. But... <laughs> Will Levis has played in a pro-style offense, and he did well with it at Kentucky with a really bad offensive line, so he would fit right into the Texans. Um, And seeing that the Texans do have pick 12 at the moment, they'll probably give him another weapon there at 12. So um, if they do take Levis with the second overall pick, so I like that there. That's sort of my logic there. There's going to be value for them at wide receiver potentially at 12. There's going to be value uh, elsewhere. They could go defense at 12 for all that matters, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think there's... I think if this is their guy, they're going to want to take him here. They're not going to leave it up to any chance. Yeah. Cool. With the Cardinals at three, my gut is telling me if this is how the board falls, they'll take Will Anderson at three instead of trading out. Knowing Jonathan Gannon and how he calls his defense, though, I think they're going to go with the outstanding edge rusher out of Texas Tech, Tyree Wilson. He's a six foot six, two hundred seventy five pound mauler. Um, he played edge. He could play a wide nine technique. They moved him inside to three tech. Um, he abused a bunch of potential first rounders. Uh, Steve Avila. He's a guard for TCU. There's a play where Villa's running full speed at him, and he just stops him in his tracks and gets the TFL. And that play right now is the exact type of player Jonathan Gannon wants. So I could see them going Tyree Wilson here, and I think that's the pick, even if Will Anderson is available at three. I'm seeing a lot of people um, in the media really high now all of a sudden on Tyree Wilson. 
mm-hmm. um, just you know generational type athletic skills. His wingspan is just ridiculous. I'm not sure the exact numbers on it, but it's ridiculous. Um, just a question for you: Is this a testament to the potential talent of Tyree Wilson, or is there something here with Will Anderson? No, I think it's all the potential talent of Tyree Wilson. Will Anderson is going to be, even though he played in more of an inside tech, inside the tackle tech in college, because that's what the scheme called for at Alabama, Mm -hmm. um, he will not be able to do that in the NFL. He's 250-something pounds. He is more athletic than he is strong. He's going to be your true edge-rushing demon. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with either Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson here, but I think with the tone that Jonathan Gannon wants to set forward – they'll take Tyree Wilson here just because of his versatility and how well he plays at almost every position along the defensive line. Gotcha. So, but I I love Will Anderson too. He, he, Will Anderson is personally my number one prospect out of the entire draft. Tyree is number two. That's how high I am on him too. So it's really, you can't go wrong either way. Right. It's just, do you want a guy who's going to win on the edge almost every single time? Or do you want someone you can bump up and down the line and win almost as almost as often as Will Anderson? So that's where I'm at there. Solid pick, solid pick. I mean, whoever ends up with Will Anderson, if it's already are outside of the top three, you you hit a gold mine possibly. Hundred yeah. percent. All right, Indianapolis, the Colts. We all know they're you know, recent quarterback position over the past half a decade or so. Um, They've been in, you know, borderline hell, maybe purgatory, but more like hell. Um, And they need a home run here. Like this, this can't just be like, you know, a normal safe pick. This has to be the pick that, you know, court sort of rejuvenizes the fan base and gets everybody back into, into the Colts and, you know, who they are as a team. And I think the home run guy here. You know, Zimmer kind of put a little caveat on this with taking Levis at two instead of Stroud, but I still think four to the Colts is Anthony Richardson. Just because of, uh, you know, the the potential home run threat with this guy and who he could be as an athlete while in the pocket, not just as a quarterback, is something every team obviously needs to take into consideration. Um, There was, you know, people floated around there for a little bit, maybe him potentially at, Number one, but I don't. I think you know Bryce Young is the true safe, you know, go-to pick there. But I mean Anthony Richardson, he's got all the tools to be you know something special, you know Cam Newton esque. Yeah, I mean adding, I, I'm not sure what the Colts are going to do with Jonathan Taylor. You know, there's been obviously rumors with him, but Richardson, Taylor, Pittman Jr., Isaiah McKenzie, like that's a that's a nice little core to build on. And I mean, you still have Quinn and Nelson and Ryan Kelly as, you know, some top tier offensive line talent. So, you know, I, I like that pick. I like that pick. This is a swing for the goddamn fences. This is them swinging out of their shoes here. Talk about a home run. Mm. This is either going to be brilliant and people are going to say, fuck, I wish I took Anthony Richardson at two. I wish I took him at one. The Panthers, I don't think, will ever forgive themselves if he works out. But God almighty, if this doesn't work out, (laughs) there is going to be a lot of angry people in Indy and even beyond, too. A lot of people that it was like sort of sexy to to 
the hate on Anthony Richardson this year, and I'm guilty of it. Like, I know Gracie Marks on some of our football shows are like, yeah, Anthony Richardson sucks. Like, she's like, this guy's awful. But and I mean, he Florida was just Florida games. was bad. Florida was a letdown. Florida, I yes, and let let me be very clear. I was on that train for a good amount of time. I just think he was. I think those were bad games, and I don't think that's necessarily him as a bad player. So, it's just swinging out of their shoes. See what happens. I think people might have crowned him as like Mr. Heisman way too early this year, and that yeah. led to some you know people you know pressing down on the brakes and stopping themselves. He had that like spin move 360 touchdown pass against Utah that everybody freaked out about and, you know, we're, we're so high on him. But I, he just – he's a guy who can go through the progressions in the pocket, which is what you need. Uh, he doesn't rely on his first um, his uh, first option. Um, yeah, just he's, – he's got everything he needs. He just, you know, just got to put it all together. Yeah. I'll, I'll piggyback off that really quickly. Um, his progression, 100%, is one of the best in this class. He's not a guy who, if his first read is there, he's going to duck his head and go. He has really good command of the line, pre-snap, setting routes up for coverage and stuff like that if he has to audible. And then the reason why I think he was so inaccurate was just experience. Similar to Josh Allen a few years back, like just did not have as many games as the other guys in the class. And we saw what happened by year three. Josh Allen has been an MVP candidate every year. Not saying Richardson will get to that same level or confirming that will happen, but it most definitely can just with this talent. So, but definitely the most polarizing player in this draft, I feel mm-hmm. like for definitely. sure. So, Basil, Seahawks to round out the first five. All right, uh, I think this is kind of like the first guy that's 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 kind of fallen a little bit. I mean, Jordan, you kind of elaborated on it a little bit when you went with when you went with Tyree Wilson. I was actually prepping to pick Tyree Wilson here at five but since uh since he came my way i'm gonna go will anderson jr the edge guard out of uh out of alabama i mean not really to much not really to repeat on too much stuff that you said but uh he's got he's got everything that i think that you need uh that 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 is you know a quality national champion caliber player that comes out of a you know a great system a great school like alabama um his athleticism is there but like you said, Jordan, when you get to the NFL, sometimes that really doesn't matter if you don't have the size, if you don't have the power. But when his explosiveness and his speed is up to where it is, and as long as you can get that 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 power and that strength up and, and, and kind of let it catch up to the level of speed that he has, I think it'll be something really special. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. This has been a really looking doing some research ahead of this. I mean, it's it's really interesting how edge dominant this 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 draft might be. And I mean, the the first two picks that we've got on the board are such quality players that I think will quickly fill any any gaps that that, that a team like the Seahawks need. Because it's it's surprising how tight these Seah- the Seahawks team is. They don't really they don't really need too many too many like steps to really kind of make them a, a really solid team. So I think. Will Anderson here would be a steal for them, and it, it, it would it re- really set the standard going forward for them for the offseason. 100% agree. If they can get – like, he just kind of seems like a Seahawk. And honestly, I, I'm in the minority. I think maybe – I think the Cardinals are probably going to snag him at three. That's my personal opinion anyway. Um, 
I think he fits either of those teams really well. I mean, both are in dire need of pass rushers. Think about how good Seattle is when they have good pass rushing. And I think that's just such a valued skill. Like, think about 10 years ago, edge was not a position. They were calling them DNs, right? But now they're edge rushers, and there's a whole dedicated position for that art. And this guy fits that to a T. Um, it was a huge part of Alabama's defense last year. As a side note, I feel like if Anderson was not available, I probably would have went – I probably would have tried to go wide receiver. But the Seahawks are not too, like, short on wide receivers right now. I mean, they have they have a solid core. Always, always a core that could use a little bit of beefing up. But, I mean, Will Anderson is just one of those guys where – he kind of transcends all positional needs. Like if he's on, he's one of those guys, and we're probably going to see a couple more tonight. Where if he's on the big board, no matter what, you just just throw him on your roster. Yep. Sweet. For the next five, we have Zimmer, Basil, Ando, Jimothy, and me. I need to stop saying Jimothy, but it's too funny. <laughs> No, you so, know, Zimmer, you yeah, Zimmer with the Lions, Basil Raiders, Tondo Falcons, Jimothy Bears, and Lauby Eagles. Zimmy, who do you got at six to the Lions? <sighs> wow, I'm Zimmy now. <laughs> Zimmy, I'm just throwing everything on the wall. Zimothy? I like Zimothy. Zimothy. <laughs> That's um, so funny. So, the Lions. This is kind of tough. So, I'm thinking about what they need. Most of the Lions' help needs to come defensively. I actually did not realize that they traded Jeff Akuda to Atlanta as well this offseason. So, I mean, to me, that opens up something in the secondary. They're going to need to put on their thinking caps and figure out. I think there's two guys that can go here. Um, I like Christian Gonzalez from Oregon to go in this spot. Um, I think Devin Witherspoon's the other obvious pick, but I'm going to go Gonzalez here. Um, and I think when you think of Dan Campbell's lions, you think of guys that are going to make plays. You think of guys that are raw athletes and, and Campbell's sort of group will do the rest, right? Like he'll coach him up. He'll give him a little kick in the ass, but he's just looking for guys that can compete. And I mean, that was Gonzalez for me this year. I did not watch a lot of PAC 12 football. I did not watch a lot of Oregon, but the reviews on this kid are really good. I think a lot of people are saying he's going to go top 10, which I probably agree with consider considering that there are some teams in the six to 10 bracket here that need some cornerbacks. So I really like Gonzalez to go uh, to the lions here and Dan Campbell will coach him up and make him a good cornerback. I think he's a perfect fit. Lions can do a lot. Lions could do a lot. Um, I like to pick. I think that's yeah. fair, especially who I wish. Uh, Lauby and I were talking about it the day it happened. Like that was a name I did not expect. And I remember a lot of teams that, you know, missed out on Okuda when the Lions draft and they're like, Oh, this is, that's a pick that's going to haunt them. So hopefully he gets a, a reclamation project in Atlanta. And that's a great, a great deal for Atlanta. What was the trade for that? It was like a fifth, a fifth rounder. Yep. For a young, a young top prospect. Yeah, I think the injuries definitely held him back. Um, but I think now in Atlanta as a cornerback too, next to AJ Terrell, that'll help him get his feet back underneath him. And he's playing in a relatively good receiver 
division. He'll go against Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, pending they don't get traded. Um, Panthers receivers, uh, they got Adam Thielen there, Terrace Marshall. There's another guy they still have that I'm forgetting about. And then with the uh, with the Saints, you'll have Chris Olave, Mike Thomas if he's healthy. So he's going to have good guys to go against in that division. Um, so we'll see how he fares. But I like yeah, that pick, Christian Gonzalez. There, super athletic. To come back to to come back to the Lions here too. I mean, like they've got they also first of all two first rounders, so that's that's really good for the Lions right now. Um, they've got their offense like pretty much set, right? Do they take a quarterback to Basil's point? Probably not. Like I don't really, I don't really see them taking a QB here. Um, they have. Some the bones of a decent defense with you know Aiden Hutchinson. I don't really, I don't know what people's perception of his year was last year, but he'll be fine. It's one of those that you know you give him a couple of years, he'll he'll get into it. Um, they have some really good wide receivers. They have, um, you know, a, a good offensive line, all things considered. And you know, why not get why not get another cornerback in the mix, right? Um, they have a couple good bones over there. I'm forgetting who, but it's, this just seems like it makes sense. I think if you're the Lions, you're hoping that either Will or not Will, uh, Tyree Wilson and Will Anderson fall um, because you need to kind of pair up somebody with uh, why is his name Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I think James Houston was a, was a hit, definitely, but he's more of a rotational guy. He, he's yeah. somebody you want to you know bring in as fresh legs. Um, yeah, you 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 would have loved an edge here, but I think you know Christian Gonzalez is is the next best option. Hundred percent. Basil Raiders. There we go. The Raiders. Um, <laughs> my pick had the my 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 first pick. Will Anderson was was the first player that's fallen in this draft, and I think now now that that Jake took Christian Gonzalez, uh, he kind of caused the first scramble because I was all teed up to take Gonzalez there. Uh, because I just feel like the Raiders just they need to they need to make a slam dunk on defense uh, because I mean they they are a crumbling franchise right now I don't know I just feel like they've they've just had issues all over the place and before they can really like land like do something crazy on offense they just gotta they just gotta build a foundation defensively because last season I mean they were towards the bottom in a lot of things uh, especially past defense so I'm gonna go with another cornerback. And I'm going to go uh, Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. I think I think that's a really solid pick. Um, he's been described by a lot of people as feisty, and I think uh, specifically by uh, Pro Football Focus they they described him as that. And I think that's exactly what a team like the Raiders need if they can't really figure out what's going on. I mean, I know I know Jimmy G. You know, I think he's, he's made his way over to Vegas. Um, you know they just gotta they just gotta figure something out, and uh, you know if, if they can't figure it out on offense, then a guy like Devin Witherspoon is 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 going to be really fun, real explosive. Hopefully he'll he'll, he'll pick off a you know some really fun quarterbacks, uh, you know in in the AFC West. You know if he, if he can get a you know really highlight worthy pick on Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes, like I think I think that'll be really great uh, for this team. So I, I I'm gonna go with Witherspoon uh, at, at number seven. Yeah, I had him in the top five. So, landing a pick like that, excellent, excellent yeah. spot. Honestly, yeah, I, I I had him in my top five as well. So again, a, a, a second guy to fall, just 
not really because of his own talent, but just just primarily because of team needs. Mm-hmm. This could definitely be a potential CJ Shroud spot. I don't know if you mentioned that. I was I just walked out for a minute, but um, yeah, I like the pick. I think I like Devin Witherspoon there, especially with the lack of hitting on uh, defensive backs in the recent Raiders history. Um, you know, you need a guy that can really sure up that position. If Sauce Gardner did not exist, Devin Witherspoon would be the best corner prospect for me since Jalen Ramsey. But obviously, um, Sauce is very recent, so I can't really say, well, he's the best guy since Sauce. But we did see how good (laughs) Sauce was. I'm not going to say Devin is going to have that same impact, but he is a corner who can play man. He can play zone, is a fantastic tackler, which I think is super underrated about his game that not enough people are talking about. Um, so that's a great pick for the Raiders, who definitely need secondary help. Yeah, James, while you're gone, I basically said that I was thinking quarterback for mm-hmm. the Raiders, but I mean, the Raiders are one of those teams where it's like you can't just keep a like you know they just acquired Jimmy G, yeah, and it's like you can't just keep drafting quarterbacks and acquiring quarterbacks if you're just not going to do anything like to to actually boost that quarterback's performance. So if you're not going to do that, you might as well just try to improve your defense first. And that's why right. that's why I went with Witherspoon. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. That makes sense. Also, I think we're super underestimating how well Jimmy G played in Josh McDaniel's offense in the limited mm. uh, sample size he had. I, I'm not going to say Jimmy G will be a top 10 QB this year, but I think this will be his best year as a QB um, in his career. So Interesting. Tondo, I, I don't disagree oh, with you. Yeah. yeah. Tondo, Falcons, who do you got? So I'm just looking at the depth chart, and I think – well, first off, I want to just get ahead of it. I think the Falcons are a playoff team. I think if they can figure it out, I think they're a playoff team. And this is a team that when you look at the roster, you're like, holy all-name squad. Like, I'm looking at, like, the defense. You have, you know, Elias Campbell. You have so much depth at the linebacker. Position. Bud Dupree is listed as, like, a third, you know, a third – depth chart linebacker they're secondary with AJ Terrell Jesse Bates Jeff Akuda uh, Jalen Hawkins like it's a solid squad now with this pick I think the Falcons can do a lot would they reach for a quarterback they could I don't think so because it's like I think they're 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 pretty strong on Desmond uh, Ritter and I also I honestly think Taylor Heineke should be the starter of this team and I think he'll probably end up as the starter I think they could also surprise people and draft B. John Robinson at this pick. I don't agree, but they've had drafted playmakers twice in the past top in the top 10 the past two years um, with Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Maybe they're trying to build a juggernaut. I don't think they're going to do that. I think, again, if we're going best name available and a guy who was before his off the field issues was considered a top three pick. Jalen Carter wow. of uh, Georgia. Wow. That's a pick. I think it's because, you know, the Falcons are at a position where, like, they have places to improve everywhere. But without trading up to land a talent like that, you're solidifying your defense to be one of the scariest and top in the league with the names they have. So a front line of Jalen Carter, Campbell, David Omenyata, uh, um, and Grady Jarrett. <laughs> Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. That's a fantastic pick. And again, I think it's one of those where it's like, if he falls, I mean, you got to you gotta pick up the phone for a guy like that. 
there's a lot of speculation that the Seahawks are throwing out smoke screens that they're interested in him in hopes that they get people like the Bears or Falcons or somebody else to bite. So I don't know. I think a lot of people are saying that's all smoke. This could be interesting. I honestly didn't know. I didn't think, and I honestly still don't think the Falcons are going to go for like a DT. I my heart was more Bijan Robinson there, but this would it would make sense. It would honestly make sense if they pick Jalen Carter here. And this pick's going to hurt me like last year, where it hurt our accuracy the way we drafted. But I had to like I think my pick was. I think I had the Seahawks in the first or in the first go around and I had to take the best name available just on how we, the cards fell in our draft. Yep. I'm very, and this is before any of the off-field issues. I'm sure some of you know, I'm very indifferent on Jalen Carter. Um, I think he's a guy who, when he goes hundred percent is the best player in this draft by far. Um, when he has his motor going, when he his first step is as soon as that ball moves, he lights up the offensive line he's going against, and he's a generational interior defender. The issue is half of those snaps he's going 100%. The other half, he's slow off the ball. He's not hand fighting. He's lazy in a stance. He doesn't have gap integrity. And for those that are listening, that basically means you hold your gap. So if he's lined up in the B gap, he's staying in the B gap. Even if he's getting blocked and double teamed, he doesn't do that. Well, uh, the majority of the time. So pass rushing, he's a demon when he goes and he can hold his own. Cause he, he's six, three, 300, but I don't think the risk is worth it. Just based on th- this is Albert Haynes. we 2.0 in my eyes. Um, I don't want it to be, I think I want him to do really well because he is such a freak. But this is a this is a problem waiting to happen. Not I'm setting aside all the off the field stuff. Just on the field, this is the guy who, if he can't go 100 percent every play, it's a wasted roster spot, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. So that's, but I I'm in the minority on that take as far as play wise on the field because everyone looks at highlights and his highlights are fantastic. I agree. But on snap-by-snap basis, there's there's better players in the draft. But for the Falcons, with a deep interior defensive line, this could work out fantastic with how they would rotate Calais, Onyemata, uh, Grady Jarrett, and Carter. That that might actually be a perfect fit for Carter to get his feet wet in the NFL. So I love, be, love that. Love the pick there, Tondo. Be pretty fucking nasty. I, I can get around that. 100%. Clubfoot, who do we have for the Bears? Yeah, this is uh, how the board ends up falling, and you're the Bears here. You are you are heartbroken because you almost had your guy fall to you, um, but the Falcons snagged him and Jalen Carter. Um, I th- I think that's that's who they wanted. That is kind of their guy. Um, th- there's a lot of holes on this team, but he would have been you know the the cornerstone of that defense. Um, so you kind of pivot here, and I think you look at offensive line, um, specifically at the tackle position. Um, in my in my opinion, there's kind of a you know, a, a pick them with the top tackle between Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson, and Pete Skronsky. Uh, I think you go Pete Skronsky here, though. I think you, you take the Chicago guy, the Northwestern guy. Um, yeah, just a solid, you know, um, he's going to be the cornerstone of that offensive line. Kevin Jenkins, you know, didn't work out a tackle. They're kind of kicking him into guard now. And I think, you know, you got to go with uh, just the big body dude. I love that. I think 
that's that's a pick that not only is actually good for your team, but I think it's just like one of the I love picks like that that can kind of link local fan bases and fire up local fan bases. I mean, because look, Northwestern has had a pretty decent stretch these past couple of years, um, yeah. and I feel like you know, aside from winning games, just as 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 a program getting into a bowl, maybe. Uh, the the ultimate culmination of that is then getting your guys in, in in high draft positions in the NFL, being highly touted NFL players, and also to do that for the Chicago Bears, which I'm sure there's a lot of Northwestern fans who are also Chicago Bears fans. Uh, that that'll be that'll be really fun. I could this already is, I could already yeah. tell that like my, like a guy like Mike Wilbon would would love that. You know what this, I mean? This feels like Pitt, uh, the Steelers taking Kenny Pickett last year. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, if we're looking at the big board rank, that's the fifth best prospect on the on the on the big five. So yep. get him at nine. Yeah, Jordan, what's your what's your take on on big old Pete Skronsky? I if he's a guard, I think he's a top fifteen guy in this class. But mm. I think arm length is going to be a big issue for him, especially with all the good edge rushers in the NFL. I think if he goes to the Bears, they have a need at guard. So I think day one, they'll put him at guard and they'll live with Braxton Jones and maybe move Tevin Jenkins back out to tackle okay. and see how they fare. Uh, but if he's going to play tackle, I'm really not that high on him just because when when he's going against really good defensive ends, um, most specifically, I believe, I can't remember if it was the Texas Tech game or from what other game it was. But he was getting absolutely abused on the edge because it might have been Michigan, actually. The defensive end just had such long arms that he just jacked them back and Pete couldn't do anything. Hmm. Um, so I think that's a glaring issue. But in terms of having a good base and being a good blocker, if Pete can move inside and do well or end up doing well at the edge and just play with his short arms, um, he's a really solid pick for the Bears there. So I have no problem with the Bears taking him. Hmm. Um, but I personally am not that high on him. With me at the Eagles, there's a lot of ways the Eagles can go here. There's two players I have in mind, both on the offensive end. And I think just based on who they picked up at the running back position with Rashad Penny, I think they go receiver here. They need a slot guy. They take Jackson Smith and Jigba. This is a guy who dominated in the slot at Ohio State. Obviously, the injury concerns are there for him um, after this past season, but he looks healthy. Put up decent pro day numbers. Um, you he ran ex exactly what you expected him to run. Uh, his three cone was absolutely insane. Really good change of direction. Um, arguably the best route runner in this class. Eagles need a slot, and I think having a three headed pass or really four headed, if you want to look at it that way, with AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and now Jackson Smith and Jigba. That's going to be a tough, tough passing attack to deal with, even with uh, Joe Sheen. Joshi, I believe that's the offensive coordinator going away uh, to the Colts. Um, that offense is just sick. Adding this guy, so yeah, that's I really a, like that pick. Yeah, that's a pro might be the best wide receiver room in the entire NFL. Yeah, hundred percent agreed. The, the only one that can rival is the Bengals. The if they dress them, falling on these people, it's crazy. Getting getting AJ Brown for pennies. Literally falling on Devontae Smith. It's absurd. It's frustrating. 
Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, from that Giants perspective, yeah. It's a little frustrating. I agree. Sweet. So All for right. the next, we got Pondo. Pondo for the Titans. Basil for the Texans. Uh, Clubfoot for the Jets. Collusion. So collusion. Another collusion pick there. Zimmer. Another for the collusion. Packs. Another collusion. <laughs> oh. And me for the Packers. I'm actually excited to pick for the Packers, but this has potential to be game. our best, our best round yet of the, our best block of five picks here. Tondo, uh, there's there's a player available for the Titans that I think is on everyone's mind. I'm curious who you take here. We're going to take a quick break from our mock draft to give you a note from our sponsors over at DraftKings. Get in on the NBA playoff actions with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Download the app now and sign up with the code BBB. That's code BBB only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Opt-in required. One bonus bet issued based on the amount of initial losing NBA bet. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. And remember, use the code BBB only at DraftKings Sportsbook. See, I'm a big narrative nation guy, and I honestly think that the Titans will get Hendon Hooker later in the draft. Oh, you no, know, no, not now. Not now. I was gonna say now. <laughs> oh my god. So I, I honestly think, especially after what you were saying in the beginning, and if you if you pull up your uh, pool, um, you have him as a reach. And I agree yes. because I think he has high talent, but again, the injury, the age, there's no reason to throw away a first round pick when you'll probably be available late two to four, in my opinion. I think he can he can get passed along in the shuffle for a while. Now, CJ Stroud. I feel bad for CJ Stroud because I really do think he's getting blackballed by the league for skipping out on the Manning camp. I really do. I think the powers <laughs> that be and the Illuminati of the Mannings are putting bad words for CJ Stroud. <laughs> I mean, the Texans already got their guy. The Jets won't. The Pats won't. The Packers won't. The Commanders won't. Like, if CJ Stroud doesn't get picked here, does he fall to the Lions at 18? Maybe. Buccaneers at 19? Buccaneers at maybe, but they're all in on. Green Bay might also take him at 15. You never know. But he doesn't fit that scheme. I will say, if CJ Stroud is available by 11 and the Titans aren't planning on taking him, someone's trading up. So at this point, it's semantics who we're picking here. Put me in at CJ Stroud. See, that's who I would pick here. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. CJ Stroud. Um, I don't love the pick. And I'm just – 
I'm not a big Ohio State quarterback guy, and I know Justin Fields is flipping that narrative, um, but I just don't think they produce quarterback talent for the NFL. Um, and the Titans, I mean, the Titans kind of blown up their team right now, and there's rumors of Derrick Henry being the next one to get you know moved along in this shuffle. Is C.J. Stroud going to be the saving grace here? I don't think so, but best available name. I'm, I used to be of the mindset like Ohio State and USC for me were college I would avoid for QBs. But since Ryan Day has taken over at Ohio State and now we have uh, Lincoln Riley at USC, that narrative is being flipped. Uh, CJ Stroud for me is my number one QB in this class just because he has elite ball placement. He has the athleticism to get out of the pocket. Yes, you can argue he played with an insanely good receiver core in college. But in that same respect, when you get to the NFL, you're going to be playing with a really good receiving core regardless of where you go. Um, you're just going to have to make the reads a lot quicker. So as long as you can make the reads with C.J. Stroud does really well and have the ball placement that he does, he'll do well. When he gets under pressure, that's a different story. I think that's something he definitely needs to work on. But when he has a clean pocket, he is the best QB in this class without a doubt in my, my mind. So love the pick there. Basil, Texans. Like we mentioned with the last pick, uh, at this point, you know, barring any 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 trades or, or, or just movement of picks, you know, shenanigans, uh, the Texans have their guy. They have they have their quarterback in in, in Will Levis, and uh, now I think they want to beef up their defense a little bit, and that's why I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Lucas Van Ness out of mm. Iowa. Mm. Hmm. I like that. Okay. I like that pick. Uh, you know, it's just been a really good year for 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 Big Ten edge guys. Uh, I mean, I think he's 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 a great pass rusher, um, and I think he just I think he just works really well into into the system that that that, that Texas that Houston's trying to trying to trying to build up here. I was also debating honorable mention Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State, um, but I feel like you know. If if you got if you got two picks in the first round of a draft, go for both sides of the ball. So I I, I like Van Ness here. Um, curious. This seems like a pot like a pretty popular wide receiver spot. Um, just did you take that into consideration at all, or was it always a edge for for your pick? Uh, I think it was just y- wide receiver was on my on my list of needs for. Houston, it just wasn't that far. It just was like a bit farther down than quarterback, defensive line, edge rusher. So I mean, if if there were some, if there was some availability, also I just feel like, uh, you know, like on our all of our collective big boards, like the gap from like Jackson Smith and Jigba, like all the way down to Jordan Addison, is like a pretty wide gap. And I think yeah. Addison's, I think Addison's great. I feel like he could go at this spot. Um, but it's just it's just a matter of taking taking like the absolute next best guy up. And I, I just thought Van Ness was in that in that spot. Yeah. Club foot, Jets, yeah. your team. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, again, some Aaron Rodgers situation could occur here. Um, but we're gonna deal with the board at it as is. Um I've seen a lot uh, a you know, basically two positions mocked here, and it's either tackle or edge. Um, Nolan Smith 
has been a popular choice here. Um, he's a he's a freak running four nine in that forty man. That's crazy. But for the love of Christ, can we get a good offensive line? So here I'm going to take Broderick Jones from Georgia, six foot five, three eleven. The biggest thing with Broderick Jones I've seen is that he stays on the field. He played all fifteen games last season, every single snap, and he's going to stay healthy. I mean, you know, hopefully he's going to stay healthy. And, you know, he's going to start an entire season for this team. No guy backed in injuries. Um, yeah, we just – oh, my God. We need we just need a left tackle that can stay on the field, man. So, yeah, plug him in right there. I can't bow my head any harder. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. please, yeah. offensive tackles, please. <laughs> yeah. Broder Jones is an absolute force, so I love that pick for the Jets there. Strong, athletic, big, just, you know, fits right in. Zimmer, Patriots, another collusion pick. So <laughs> I better get the Giants at 25. They're 26. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I'm surprised. Yeah, I know. I'm, if there were two picks, I'm surprised we didn't award a, a split pick of Basil and, and Clubfoot Jim there. Um, but Basil has nodded his head in agreement, so he, I guess he, he gets the he gets it's like the a bobblehead over there. The stamp of endorsement. Yeah. Listen, I I thought I, I thought for sure Broderick Jones is going to be the Pats pick here. Um, but instead, in this scenario, they default to another offensive lineman, and that's Paris Johnson Jr. Um, that's a logical pick here, man. I mean, look at the look at what happened with the offensive line. And again, it's very trendy to say, like, God, our offensive line sucks, blah, blah, blah. But holy shit, Isaiah Wynn was one of the worst offensive linemen in the league last year. He's not coming back. It was that bad. They're like, yeah, this guy's going to have a really good year. He was awful. So he goes, um, the Patriots signed some offensive line depth because they're like, we're going to have to figure this out. He's got a couple of guys in here. Uh, they signed Riley Reif, who had a couple of good years, former captain for the Minnesota Vikings too. Mm-hmm. I think he played for Chicago last year. He, did, he, had, he was fine. They might trot him out there. He's 34 years old. Um, but that means with a little more depth, they can afford to be patient with a guy like Paris Johnson who – had a really good year last year. They took a bet on Cole Strange, and it seemed to work. I mean, Strange at points was their best lineman last year, and they desperately need more help from Mac Jones. Listen, this is the year – I can't say whether I'm in or out on Mac Jones. I, I'm in on giving him another chance this year. That's what I am on. I, am on. I think you need, in order to make that decision, to give him as much help as you possibly can. And he was sacked far more times than he should have been last year. So if this works out, Mac might be there for a while. If it if they draft a very good lineman like Johnson, he plays all year and Mac Jones still sucks, it's time to move on. I'm not ready to say, oh, they're taking a QB here. They're you know trading around picks. What's going to happen is they're going to end up trading down on this realistically. They're going to say, like, ah, oh, fuck it. We'll just... Somebody also take uh, a lineman and we'll just move it down. But I think it logically you just have to take Johnson here. No, no big analysis. I don't think that's a bad consolation prize whatsoever. If you miss out oh. on Roderick Jones, like, I mean, like I said, personally, I feel like the top three are a complete toss up. So, you know, this is this, this very easily could be the number one guy. Yeah. Agreed. And mentioning how like, cliche it is to complain about the Pats O-line. I feel like as like a like if you're a novice football watcher, aside from like offensive skill positions and maybe a casual. Like, yeah. Yeah, a casual. Um 
you know, aside from like offensive skill positions and like maybe like kickers, the offensive line is probably the easiest position to notice when something is really wrong. And it's honestly the most frustrating to notice as a fan of your team when it is, you know, not when it is kind of costing you possessions and even games at some point. So, yeah, just drafting a, a solid offensive tackle or an offensive guard, I think, A, helps you boost that part of your roster. And it kind of shuts people up a little bit, you know, for for a couple uh, a couple months, so maybe maybe a couple weeks into the season, maybe a whole season. So I think I think you kind of hit it on the head, Jake, when you said maybe if it gives, you know, if it gives Mac Jones another year of of competency, then I think that's a very successful pick. Yes, all in on that. So to me, at Green Bay. I think in this draft, there's going to be three to five picks that make you go, what the fuck? And this is going to be (laughs) the first one. This is someone who is not even in my top 50. This is someone who I have marked as a reach in all aspects, but his name has been tossed around the Green Bay community a lot. He was one of their top 30 visit prospects. I'm going to go Keon White out of Georgia Tech. He is a a converted (laughs) tight end to defensive line. Yeah, you're like, wow. who the hell is this guy? He's a he played inside a good amount. He's a four I five tech defensive end. He's super strong. He is athletic. He just doesn't have a lot of bend, doesn't have a great pass rush move. But man, if you tell him to do something, he is gonna fly and he's gonna go kick someone's ass while doing it. The issue with his game is that he's very raw. He doesn't really know what he's doing other than get football, which in respect is a great trait to have because you can get coached up on that in the NFL and do really well with it. Um, I'm just not super high on it, but his name has been tossed around green Bay for months. And I think that top 30 visit with how this board has fallen almost all, but confirms they'll take Keon white here at 15. This is going to be like the Cole strange of this draft. Just out of, exactly out of left field. Who the hell is this guy? Yes. You know, these 100%. people going, what the what, who the fuck is this? <laughs> when when you have Quinn and Johnston available, <laughs> Nolan Smith is still on the board. You could go B. John Robinson if you don't believe in AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones anymore. Like there's so many ends. other ways you can go. Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer still available, and they're gonna go Keon White, and you're gonna be like, Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> that would be such so, a Packers pick. Well, at least they won't have to worry about Aaron Rodgers complaining about not getting a top <laughs> offensive weapon. So it's going to be the year they pick like an offensive weapon. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to see that happen, just as a fuck you to Aaron. But <laughs> we'll like trade great. up. The Packers will trade up and take Jackson. Yeah, could uh, definitely happen. All right, next five. We got Basil for the Commanders. Zimmer. For the Steelers, uh, Clubfoot for the, if I could spell Jimothy correctly, uh, for the Lions, <laughs> that'll be a good pick. Me for the Bucks and Tondo for the Seahawks. So uh, no one's had the repeat picks yet, which is good. like to see that. But let's see. Basil, Commanders. This, this pick could go a couple different ways. Yeah, there's there's a lot of needs that the commanders need to fill, and since owners and stadiums are not draftable, um, I I'm gonna go cornerback, and I'm gonna go Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. Um, I really like him. Uh, I just think he's really fun. I mean, Penn State had a really good year. At a, 
eh, I mean, they're they're solid this year. Um, you know, he just he just really gets after receivers. Um, and he's he's put up really good numbers. I mean, he he put up a he put up a career low in in in, in pass yards allowed, uh, in in targets, uh, this season. So I think I think he'll be really solid. I like that. I like, yeah, I like Joey Porter. Um, I like him a little more than Christian Gonzalez, just based on a technique standpoint. Um, and I think he's the best corner available at this point. So I like that pick. Yeah, Porter at a Porter. I thought about with the Patriots too, because if they really wanted to go for it and pick uh, <clears throat> a quarterback, I could see him. I can see him getting uh, taken for uh, 14th by New England as well. So I think he's going to be one of those guys that people have their eyes on, but you know, is the commission any inkling of of going for it? Then they'll take him here. Yeah, personally, I have. I think this is where the first tight end falls, um, whether it be Mayer or um, Kincaid. Wow! But yeah, no, I I like I like Joey Porter there a lot. Sweet. Zimmer Steelers, how do they go here? Oh. I don't know. <laughs> I was, I was thinking like the Steelers need a cornerback. Um, shit, I don't know. I really think it's Nolan Smith here. Um, wow, that's like what that. I'm going to do here. And a couple of reasons. There's, according to some research, I've been eyeing down Smith for a lot of picks in this draft. A lot of scouts are saying he's not going to fall past this pick, which sort of made me say, well, why? What's like, what the hell's going on? I guess the Lions are really interested in him. Um, 6'2, you know, as a defensive end, that's that's small, right? It's far bigger than I'll ever be, but it's like, <laughs> I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to say like, oh yeah, you know, that's a fucking small guy being 5'8", you know, like, but I don't know. A lot of people were turned off, but this, uh, by his build, like being a, a true defensive end, but they really like his, his, um, his competitiveness, right? They like his athleticism. They like, I think this is a bet on grooming him to just be an intelligent football player because, the scouts are saying he's got it already. He's got a high IQ. He's got a motor. He's got all this stuff. Um, and I can see Mike Tomlin taking a bet on somebody like that because the Steelers, you could sort of point to a few different ways. I thought about offensive line here, which is potentially an option for a, a young stud in Kenny Pickett. But at the end of the day, I think the Steelers are best when the Steelers have really good defense. And that's, that's why I'm taking Nolan Smith here because I think the Lions would snatch him up at 18, honestly. I really, really like Nolan Smith. Um, even at his size, he has crazy athleticism. And a lot of, a trait that a lot of people don't look at is leadership. Like, this is a guy who could be a rookie captain, similar to what we saw to Joe Burrow, what we saw RG3 years ago. This is a guy who could really be a top-notch player and a top-notch leader on any given team. I believe – I could pull up my big board here, but I believe I had Nolan Smith as my number five prospect just from – playing ability, how he'll develop in the league, and what he brings to a team right away. Nolan Smith, to me, is an unbelievable prospect. Blue chip guy for me, personally. 
Um, I think the Steelers here, yes, they have Alex Highsmith, but I think coming out, Nolan Smith is actually just at his level, if not already exceeded Alex Highsmith, just based on what he's going to bring to the Steelers. So Highsmith could be a, a trade option if they go Nolan Smith here. They could use all three, Smith, Highsmith, and TJ Watt. Um, but I love that pick Zimmer there, Nolan Smith. Good job. Yeah, he's a guy you can ease into it too because you have Watt and Highsmith with him, right? It's like, mm-hmm. dude, you know, he might not get over a 50% snap count for the first couple of weeks, but they can ease him into it, right? They'll, mm-hmm. they'll get him up to speed on their their playbook. He's going to learn it quickly. He's going to learn their formations and reads and all that stuff, and he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine in that defense. Love it. Clubfoot, Lions. Yeah, second this, pick of the draft. Yeah, wow. This is um, I'm happy about this pick. Um, this if the Jets took this guy, I, I mean, I know me and Basil are gonna harp on offensive line until probably the day we die. But if the Jets took this guy, I would not be mad whatsoever. Um, tell me if you heard this story before. Um, an undersized defensive tackle from Pitt. Um, give me Kalaja Kanti right here. Yes. Yeah. Um, like I said, undersized, 6'1", 280 something. You know, not traditional defensive tackle build, but Jesus, can this guy have a motor? He just runs over guards like it's nothing. Um, and I think with with the undersized um sort of stature that he's at, he has the flexibility to kick in and out, um, which is what the Lions need. Um, you know, again, a pair up a guy with um Aiden Hutchinson or just a true interior guy. He's gonna be just the the icing on the cake when it comes to their front seven. Yeah. I think my player comp for Kalijah was diet Aaron Donald, like diet, diet Coke. Aaron Donald, I like that. Um, <laughs> Walmart version. Yeah, literally Walmart <laughs> version, coming out at least. But Kalijah is as very much a great defensive tackle prospect as any you'll see in a draft. Um, love that pick to the Lions there. So me, Buccaneers, this Buccaneers are clearly in a rebuild. Yes, they have Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. There's no real QBs available at this rate, so they're not going to go QB here. But I do think they, whoever they're going to put a QB, whether it's Baker and he stays there for his career or they go for QB in the next draft or free agency, they need another offensive weapon. And I'm going to go with my top tight end, Dalton Kincaid. Um, this is a guy who I'm not going to say – is Travis Kelsey, but if you could make Travis Kelsey in a lab, it's Dalton Kincaid. He has the speed. He has the route running. He can block relatively well, even with minimal snap counts. You could put him at the traditional wide position. You could put him out at wide receiver. You could put him in the slot. Um, This is a guy who can do it all for you day one. Um, He's my favorite tight end in this class, and I think the Buccaneers need a good offensive weapon here, especially with Mike Evans, getting older and probably in the last few years of his career and no real other option besides Chris Godwin and Russell Gage at receiver. So that's where they go here. Why? I love the tight end spot. Why him over Mike Mayer from Notre Dame? I think Mike Mayer, you know exactly what you're getting out of Mike Mayer. He's a very vanilla tight end. And I don't mean that in a bad way. He has very good hands. He can go up and get the ball. He's a decent blocker. But he's not going to wow you with athleticism. He'll be reliable, but he's not going to spread out the offense like someone like Dalton Kincaid will, right? Or if I want to compare it to another tight end that's gotten good as of late, 
Evan Engram, David Njoku. Those are guys you can spread all throughout the offense. Um, and this is an offense that's going to need to be versatile, you know, given this year what they have at QB. Um, so I think Dalton Kincaid here is the better option just based on the need for the offense. While Michael Mayer is a Jason Witten type player, he's going to be reliable. He's going to catch every ball that comes his way, but he's not going to burn someone. You know, he might run through a guy or two, but he's not going to absolutely smoke someone out of their cleats. Following up on Zimmer's question, because uh, actually I was I was just going to ask you the same thing. <laughs> um, due to team needs looking down the rest of the draft, I mean, there are a couple teams, you know, not, not to kind of spoil the rest of our podcast, but there are a couple teams where I'm, I'm looking at them and I'm, I'm going, yeah, you could use a tight end, but there's a lot of things that you need first. Do you think because of this, a guy like Mayer could – could fall to the second round just specifically just based on the fact that, you know, he's his, his position isn't really hunted after in this year's draft. I think he could fall to the second round, but I don't think he will. I think there's a, a handful of teams that could use a tight end, um, especially very late in the first round. Um, I'm looking at one particular team who had the player that that's my player cup for. Um, but there are one or two teams that could definitely use a tight end to really help their offense be elevated. Um, so I'd be very shocked if he does fall to the second round. But if he does, then someone's going to be very happy at the top of the second round. I want to add to that a little bit. I feel like if there's a year for tight ends to go, this feels like sort of the tight end heavy draft. Mm-hmm. We, we've kind of – I feel like we've been starving for a, for a star tight end to come out of the draft the past five-ish years. Um, a lot of, a lot of just like unsuccessful picks, <clears throat> I want to say. Um, and this, this goes pretty deep. I mean, even going into the ones you graded second round, second round grades, like Luke Musgrove, um, or, uh, Darnell Washington, like this is a pretty top heavy tight end class. So you got to get them while they're hot. Yeah. I, I like the Darnell Washington pick later on. Whoever lands him is going to pretty much get a additional lineman, and a guy who is pretty sneaky fast and sneaky. Uh, he's got some moves for a big boy. What is he? 6'7", 270? What yeah, do you run, a 4'4"? Four, four? Crazy. No, let me see. He, he, ran, something he did pretty run something He ran spectacularly fast for like his size. Yeah, let me see. He ran a 4'6", 4", officially. 4'6", 4", right. Still, okay. that's insane yeah. for his size. Yeah. That's insane. So there's some value in the second, third round for tight ends. Um, so I don't think there's a, any need to jump. Cool. Tondo, got my Seahawks. Pick. Yeah, I mean, the Seahawks obviously landed a stud in Will Anderson. A lot of mock drafts having the Seahawks aiming for a wide receiver. I, I mean, I guess you can throw in a slot here. You already have, you know, again, they're aging, but DK Metcalf and – uh you know, Tyler Lockett. I don't think it's necessarily a need right now, but again, you have two first round picks. So maybe a Jordan Addison type player, but the guy I'm going to go with who it might be a little bit of a reach, but I, I am very keen on him is John Michael Schmitz, um, the interior lineman out of Minnesota. So I think they can plug and play him at center. Um, again, he's a good interior lineman. The Seahawks, line is relatively weak obviously they drafted charles cross last year um so but right now they have joey hunt listed as their center with no other center depth i think it's a it's a it's a good option and again you made the investment in geno smith 
you can kind of target some skilled players later along in the draft, start building up the offensive line for him. I feel like you're pranking us here with a name like John like Michael Schmitz. That is, yeah. that is something out of a nursery rhyme. Just draft John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmitz. Yes, <laughs> that, that is what I was thinking. He is literally just a, a big old Midwestern boy. Yeah. 6'4", yeah. 300. That's, that he's a big to fucking dude. Oh, and, my God. I just checked him. Wow. He's a monster. For his size, he has some impressive lateral movement. His wide zone blocking is the best in this class, even better than some tackles. Um, so I think with a guy like Kenneth Walker who can sprint out to the edge, he's going to need a lineman to keep up with him, and John Michael does exactly that. So I love that pick, Tondo. Good job. Sweet. Next order. It's going to be me. Then it's going to be Jimothy Clubfoot. Tondo, I'm sorry you got the Vikings and not the Giants. This collusion. <laughs> this collusion. <laughs> but you know who did get the Giants? Simmer did. Uh, Basil oh. got the Jags. Tondo <laughs> Tondo's <Vikings>. overjoyed. <laughs> I'd like to That's I'd like to pick tough. Jeff Bezos for the Giants, please. <laughs> I will Bezos. I will trade you. I'll trade you my pick and a round of beers for the Giants. <laughs> um, can can we execute that as the pickers? Yes. We, okay, I am I'm fine with that. that. A round of beers. I like it. Round of beer. You need to send a photo confirmation. Yeah. And post it. Yes, I we we're gonna send it. We'll we'll tweet it out. <laughs> so the Chargers, this is a very interesting pick because with Nasir Adderley retiring, they're going to need a nickel in the secondary. But one of my favorite players in this draft is available. They need a guy um, who can play in the slot, can play out wide. Keenan Allen's probably going to retire in the next few seasons, so they're going to need his replacement. I absolutely love Zay Flowers, and the fact he fell to the Chargers is insane. Uh, Flowers is my top receiver in this class, even over Jackson Smith, um, just because Zay can play anywhere on the field. Even at a 5'9 frame, he can go up and get a ball. He's, in my opinion, the best route runner in this class. I know Jackson is very good route runner as well, but Zay, in my opinion, edges him out. I think he had an awful QB at Boston College, a Pat Mahomes wannabe, and that did not bode well for his numbers. But even given that, he just absolutely is a stellar playmaker. And he's one of the few receivers in this class who will actually run block and not just watch the play happen. So he gets very involved on every part of the offense, even when he's not getting the ball. I think my favorite thing I saw on, on Zay Flowers was I, I, I read up a lot on the ringers guide and it's really good. Um, Danny Heifetz did another really good job with this. He said, Keenan Allen turns 31 on draft day. His birthday present should be a teammate who runs faster than a four five in the 40 yard. <laughs> and, and I agree, dude, it's like, what gives for the chargers, right? It's they, they just can't get it done when it matters. And you, you got to surround Herbert with as much talent as possible. I think, you know, you, because I'd argue that the Chargers have one of the better wide receiver rooms in this league, but add another to it, right? The more weapons he has, the better. Go fucking make some plays. Agreed. The Ravens up next. Ravens. The Ravens. All right. Uh, I should have should have offered you a six pack for that Chargers pick because I <laughs> I'm just I am married to B. John Robinson to the Chargers. And I, I love that fit so much. Um, wow. But, you know, that's a conversation for another day. We're going to go move on to the Ravens here. And um, give me Deontay Banks. Mm, I like that. Yep. 
keep the we'll keep the DMV boy over in that area. Um, real just fast, athletic guy. Ran a four three five. Ravens obviously need a little bit of help there in the secondary, and I think he just fits right in. I like him there a lot. Deontay Banks is a solid corner. He's very good in man coverage. Do you think they go that route instead of the wide receiver route is the question because Lamar, with the volatile Lamar situation, yeah. do they try I, I to coax him with more offense? Yeah, I think, you know, if you're the Ravens, you obviously they, they mentioned they, they did their due diligence on the quarterbacks. Obviously, the quarterbacks are gone. I don't think Hendon Hooker's first-round pick. Um, so scratch that. Um, I think using I think Greg Roman is gone, and to me that was why the wide receivers did not work out in Baltimore is because he was so centric around tight ends being of the focal point of the offense. Um, now that you have Odell, I think Bateman is you know going to flourish. You know he's really going to like be able to step into a better role. I don't think wide receiver is the pick here. And I think, you know, there's also talks of, and I don't know what Jordan will think about this, but Lamar's pretty much saying, you know, hey, uh, Ravens, I want OBJ and DeAndre Hopkins, and then we'll talk. Yeah. Um, so it's mm-hmm. not out of the question mm-hmm. that, you know, and it it seems more likely that DeAndre Hopkins gets moved. It's now to the matter of where. Um, mm-hmm. But we talked about this on a few episodes ago when we were all together. This Lamar situation, yeah. You really fumbled this bag because that's a generational talent. You shouldn't have. You got angry. Yeah. But improving the secondary, though, Deontay Becks and Narrative Nation in the DMV. I, I like the pick here. Mm-hmm. Narrative Nation. That's kind of been my these past two years of mock drafts. That's been my my. It thing, just makes you know? sense. It yeah, just it makes, makes sense. sense. You know? Yeah. You know, keep the how to, how to sell jerseys. There. Get the local guys. Exactly. <laughs> yep, yep. I'm here. I got a marketing perspective on this whole mock draft. Yeah. <laughs> Zimmer Vikings. Who do you got? Yeah, Vikings need a few different things. I think uh, secondary is one. You saw them collapse in the playoffs last year. I mean, the Giants uh, credit, and I think credit Daniel Jones. He made it was more him than any wrongdoing on the Vikings side, but they just got fucking exposed plenty of times this year. So you could go cornerback. Um, I thought Deontay Banks actually would be a pretty good fit here, but um, sleeper, huge kind of thing that they have to address as a wide receiver because Adam Thielen's gone now and he was a big part of that offense. So I'm not saying this guy's like for like, but he could solve some problems. This is Jordan Addison from USC. Um, you know, I, I think. Year one at Pitt, it was pretty impressive. I watched a little bit of Pitt the year he played, and he, I mean, he was the guy over there, right? Um, USC, he still had a really good year. He had almost 1,000 yards receiving. I think he got close to like 900, but uh, a lot of people sort of looked at him and said, eh, wasn't as good as he was at Pitt. Well, more mouths to feed over there, right? So I'm going to reference the ringer again here. They said the best way to stop uh, to stop getting Kirk Cousins to check the ball down is to get rid of Kirk Cousins. The second best way to do it is to get him a better receiver, one that can run routes and one that can go deep and make catches and make plays. I think Jordan, I think that's Jordan Addison for Minnesota here. Yep, that's a good pick. Because I think Kirk Cousins, I think he sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
crying laughing right now, but he's on mute. <laughs> I just can't stand Kirk, man. So whatever. Jordan Addison it is. Guy, but you know. Yeah, hey, great dude. I you like that? You know? Do you? Do you like it? <laughs> Obviously not. Jordan Addison, baby. Minnesota. That's a good pick. They definitely need a receiver. Hazel, Jaguars. Um, yeah, so the Jaguars, I'm gonna go defense with them. Uh and I like I like them going for a cornerback. I like them going for a safety here. Uh so that's why I'm gonna go with Brian Branch from Alabama. Nice. I think I think he's a really good pick. Um he's just one of those guys where I mean he's a great, you know, he's great at stopping the run. Um he's not as great as like covering guys, you know, in the secondary or maybe like on, on, on passing plays. But I think one thing that he really brings to the table, and I mean, and this is kind of hard, you know, as a rookie, I mean, this is not what you're looking for yet as a rookie, but it's something that, you, that, that front offices would love to develop is he's just, he's just a brilliant football player. Um, it seems like, you know, when he's on the field, he's always, you know, just like, he's got such a heightened awareness of everything that's going on around him. He's got a great football IQ. Um, he's been known to be a very strong leader in the locker room. And again, like, like I just said, um, you know, coming in as a rookie, that's not really that something that you adopt immediately, but if you can show flashes of that and, and stay, you know, heads up, you know, be, be a good teammate and be a good follower, then at some point you can be a really good leader and be a good, you know, player who's exemplary of a, of, of a solid game plan that the Jaguars hopefully will build around him over the next couple of years. So yeah, that's why, that's why I like branch. I love his versatility. Um, I think, you know, Jordan has him in that safety nickel column, but I think that's a building block on defense that the Jaguars could will, will benefit from if he landed, that was going to be my pick for the giants um, as an option. So I, I, I think he's, very undervalued in this draft. It's something that a lot of insiders are bringing up is how friggin' smart this guy is. He has, from people who've interviewed him and from people who have found out info for the interviews, he is grading as one of the highest IQ players, not only in this draft, but then within the past 10 drafts. They said they haven't seen a smarter defensive player who understands where to play in exact situations and play it perfectly. Um, to a point so love that pick for the Jaguars especially team that has continued to build that defense with great smart talent uh, throughout the years yeah exactly and like where that comes into effect like where that comes into effect most as a rookie is just like you're a good you're a good listener and you know exactly your spot where you're going to be running who you're going to be covering uh you're just you're just like the ultimate helper for some of the more experienced guys or some of the more you know defensive play callers on that roster and having that right from the get-go with a guy like that is is so huge massive tondo giants yes sir so a lot of things can happen i mean i think the situation that's evolving right now is this whole saquon barkley contract stalling um jordan wrote a blog many moons ago for the site about how you shouldn't overpay for running backs and the Super Bowl teams don't have marquee running backs. I agree, but I truly still feel that Saquon Barkley is a different breed because of his versatility. If the Giants do end up moving Saquon, which I think the brass now is smart enough to not fall into any hostile contract situations and, and worry what's the best with the team, B. John Robinson would be my pick here. 
However, though, I think be, I think Saquon, that situation gets figured out. I'm surprised this guy fell, and I'm going to take Quinn and Johnson from TCU. Like um, six foot three. He's the true number one wide receiver that the Giants can truly benefit from. I like guys like Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison a little bit more, but you know, if the cards fall to this, like Quinn and Johnson's an excellent pick. Now, I also think though that if the board on draft day gets a little shaken up, the Giants can have opportunities in the later rounds to grab some really great guys. I mean, Josh Downs, Jalen Hyatt, uh, Tank Dell, Cedric Tillman, Marvin Mims. Rashi Rice, I like in like the third round personally out of, uh, you know, SMU. But I, I think if Quinn and Johnson's available at 25, you go get him. That's a fantastic pick. That's He's- like that solidifies the offense that, you know, you have weapons across the board with, you know, i.e. Saquon still on the team, um, your, your tight end duo now. Uh, you know, the full strength of the wide receiver core with now a true number one big. This is a good pick. Jonathan just has unbelievable quickness and agility for his 6'2 frame. Like, he just, he's so fluid with everything he does, and that's the type of guy the Giants need. Mm-hmm. So, again, if it, if it falls down here, I love it. Love that. For the Cowboys, we got Clubfoot. Then for the Bills, it's me. For the Bengals, it's Basil. For the Saints, it's Tondo. And for the Eagles is Zimmer. No one repeated on any of the two first round picks. So that's nice. A lot of variety with the double picks. But Clubfoot, Cowboys. You're going to leave us hanging on 32 also? You'll see how I'm doing that. Oh, man. Yo, this man showed up with a game plan. Exciting. (laughs) Um, All right. Take my guy, Bijan, here. Yeah. Um, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you. That, Thank you. That haunts the Giants. If that's the yes. case, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Tony Pollard franchise tag. I, I, I mean, I think the Cowboys have learned their lesson on the long running back contract. Um, so you know, Tony Pollard's got a year, and then see you later. Um, obviously, still some issues to figure out with the offensive line, but that could be addressed either some second round picks. I feel like there's some good depth at offensive line in the second round or next year. Um, B. John Robinson is going to just be the bell cow replacement that you lost in Zeke Elliott to, you know, age and deteriorated knees, you know, all that good stuff that happens to running backs when they're like 28 years old. I think that's the right pick there. That's Bijan in that offense is going to be insane. Except he's going to the chargers at 21. So <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So I, the Bills, if Bijan fell past mm. the Cowboys, I was going to take Bijan with the Bills. I was thinking here. that, yeah. Yeah. Because Bijan, and as good as he would be in the Cowboys offense, he'd be even better with the Bills, just with the versatility of everyone they have there. Um, if I'm the Bills here, I'm going to need some interior offensive line help. And there's two guys that come to mind it's either Osiris Torrance or Steve Avila. And I think the Bills are an analytical team. I feel like in the analytics day, Steve Avila is the player. He, PFF, he was graded out as one of the best uh, pass blockers and run blockers um, of all interior offensive linemen in this draft. So he was really solid for TCU. I personally, I like him. I just think he plays with a really high pad level. 
but I think that gets fixed at the NFL level and he could be good. So I think Steven Vila going to the Bills here that they need some offensive line help. I think that works out for them. I like it. I think I personally had Osiris Torrance, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I like how you mentioned the, you know, the analytical side of things and yeah, that makes sense. For sure. Basil Bengals. So this pick, uh, just a general, I feel like the Bengals don't need that much. I mean, the Bengals aren't really like a, like a, a bleeding roster right now. Um, but you could always use help on the offensive line, especially with a guy like Joe Burrow. Um, so that's why I'm going with Tennessee's Darnell Wright. Um, I think, you know, grading a guy just just based on how he matches up with one player is is, is not really like the the most effective way to analyze a guy, especially coming into the draft. But the way that he limited the impact of Will Anderson uh, when when Tennessee played Alabama in that phenomenal game mm. last year. Uh, just shows that he's a guy, you know, again, you're coming into the NFL. Uh, there's going to be a lot of guys that at the time, to- at the moment are a lot better than Will Anderson. It's a lot, it's a bigger step up in, in talent, in, in strength, in, in just mental intensity. Um, but the fact that he was able to do that in college, just go in and, 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 and stop a top edge rusher, uh, is a really promising sign. So as long as you get him, get him on the edge there and, and, and get him in some good, tough situations early and kind of build his experience with that. I think he will be just a fantastic blocker. Uh, so that's why I'm going to go with him uh, for the Bengals. I feel like Bengals and Jets will always just kind of be in the same boat together. Just always going after offensive linemen. Yeah. yeah. And and look, you know, Joe Burrow is a guy that likes to move around. Like you, you gotta get a really good offensive line for guys that like to move around. And yeah, and Darnell Wright is is that guy. I like Darnell Wright a lot as a pass blocker. He just is. He doesn't do anything for me as a run blocker. But in that offense, they're going to be passing a lot more than running. They'll probably be pat, like pass to run percentage wise. They'll be a top three team, like leaning towards the pass. Just especially with the potential base. Joe Mixon move. Yeah. And they don't have Samaj P. Ryan as to lean on also. Yep, not, um, they don't have power back. Nope. Yeah. Your main goal here is just to not collapse the pocket, and this is the guy that you want to draft if you're going to draft a guy to fill that need. Tondo, Saints, which route do they go here? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the Saints – retooled their offense and it's obviously you know Derek Carr it's his opportunity to you know make a name for himself Michael Thomas will maybe finally play again who who knows <laughs> but he's projected to obviously anchor that offense with Chris Olave and Alvin Kamara I think their offensive line is is raw and pretty solid and I think they have a top tier secondary as well so I think the pick that I'm going to lean with is Miles Murphy the edge out of Clemson mm. um so I, I think with, you know, the departure of like guys like Marcus Davenport and other players uh, on the uh, on the Saints defense, I think he could fit that mold on the defensive pass rush. Miles Murphy is being looked at as a tier one guy. So if he falls to the Saints this deep, you got to take him here. And mm-hmm. he, he very well might fall this far just based on how the draft falls for a lot of. For one, how ours has fallen, but two, how the NFL draft itself might actually fall. So yeah, he's a great pick. 
if I'm like a sub 20 team in this draft, I'd be pretty happy with the results. And I guess, I don't know if it's just because it's a loaded draft in different positions, but I mean, these guys that were, we picked down here, you know, Jordan Addison, Brian branch, Quentin Johnson, Bijan Robinson, Darnell, Wright, All of these guys, it's like, those were, you know, top 10, 15 prospects that are now falling in the lap in the second half. I love it. Zimmer, Eagles. Well, that was going to be my pick for the Eagles. So, um, interesting one. I, I think what else do the Eagles need? You know, they they improve at wide receiver um, earlier in the draft. So, I think part of me thinks they were going to go edge. If Miles Murphy went here, hypothetically, I think they would pivot to cornerback just to make a couple of improvements in the secondary because, again, the Chiefs dropped, I think, what was it, 38 points at him in the Super Bowl? It's an area that they would probably like to improve um, because we've heard that, you know, they were suspect all year. Uh, they played, they, they steamrolled teams, but uh, the, the criticism was like, oh shit, they were, they were not, it wasn't a great schedule. So maybe they look to prove it and add Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi state. That's a wonderful pick. I like that. And I think, so he, this kid was, I don't know much about him. They, uh, I guess his ball skills are really the, He's like a ball hawker, basically, right? He had 14 picks in college. Um, if he's – I feel like a lot of these guys, and this is with no analysis whatsoever, but like a lot of guys like Slay and some other folks on that that secondary, like, you know, they – I don't know. They Did they did the Eagles have a lot of picks last year? I don't even uh, – we'll, we'll come back to that. But Forbes had a lot of picks. He was – he constantly had his eyes on the ball, um, and he was knocking down passes, and that's what – any any team needs that. So I like how Forbes fits in here. Someone, I forget where I heard it, but it was very early in the draft process. Emmanuel Forbes is the Devontae Smith of defenses. He's 6'1", 166 pounds, but he will find the football. Devontae Smith was one of the leaders in the NFL in contested catch rate, and he had a lot of contested targets and catches. Emmanuel Forbes is very much like that. He's going to play through guys despite his small size, and I believe he broke the NCAA record for pick sixes. So he's a playmaking machine, not just getting picks, but housing it, weaving in and out of guys. He's just an absolute force. And for a team that needs a slot corner as bad as the Eagles do, that's a fantastic move right there. So, so for the last one, Zimmer, what I've done is I've randomized the list one through five, but what I want you to do is I want you to pick a number and whatever oh. number you pick okay. where it falls will be the last pick for the chiefs. Man, let's go two, two basil. You have the final pick wow. in the draft. Muted. I'm on mute. I just <laughs> All right, starting off strong. Uh, oh man, this is this is really tough because I have at the top for their needs just another edge. Uh, I guess I guess I'll go with another edge, and I'll go Will McDonald. Uh, mm. from from Iowa State. Uh, there obviously there isn't really much you need to improve with this with this Chiefs roster. I really wanted to pick. Um, I really wanted to pick Mayer, but obviously I'm not going to do that because Travis Kelsey's on the squad. Uh, there are just a lot of skill position guys that I just really want to get picked in the first round that absolutely deserve it. But since the Chiefs is the only option left, they're not going to do it. 
And again, just if you're gonna be, if you could beef up your defense, why not? When you've got all the talent that you front loaded on this, on this offensive unit. So yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Will McDonald to cement kind of a really finish off what I think has kind of been a pretty solid Big Ten draft from us. I don't know if you guys would necessarily agree, um, but yeah, that's that's what I've got. Oh, oh Jesus! Will Will McDonald's in Iowa State in the Big Twelve. <laughs> so never mind, <laughs> never mind. But I oh, do good. feel like this has been a Big Ten heavy draft. So it has. It's it's been a long, uh, it's been a long draft. Back in Maryland, I didn't expect we'd see Maryland guys until Deontay Banks was, uh, was on the list. Yeah, yeah, I love that. The one so, thing I will. Oh, oh no, sorry, you go, Jordan. You go. All good. Just a few things. Uh, Will McDonald, similar to Will Anderson, fell victim to playing inside a lot more than outside. So I think as the Chiefs uh, on the Chiefs as a true edge will be great. Taking a look at the pool, I uh, just wanted to bring up some names that were missed. I believe all of the first round grade guys did get taken within the first round. So, oh, Michael Mayer was Michael the Mayer only one not. was not a first rounder. So that's the only one there. A couple names I wanted to bring up that have been highlighted throughout the draft process. Uh, Atanabuia Adabawarie, he is a defensive lineman through and through, can play inside, outside. He's very good. I Brian didn't pick Bas- him because I wasn't going to pronounce his name. So. <laughs> that makes sense. And I just struggled. I probably would have drafted him on the Saints too, but I was not butchering the pronunciation. Nope. Um, Brian Brissy, he had injuries last year, but was very good in 2021. Jack Campbell, true Mike linebacker, could be a first round guy, um, the best linebacker in the draft, in my opinion. Um, Jameer Gibbs, very good running back with straightaway speed. Darnell Washington, don't have to say much more about him. Very good. And Anton Harrison, I want to bring up. He's a guy who will most likely get moved to guard, but is a very, very good uh, pass blocker and run blocker. So definitely want to mention him there. So, But overall, there were a lot of great guys that were picked in this draft. John Michael Schmitz, baby. (laughs) I wanted to – there was a few surprises that I – I mean, just like, you know, looking at team stuff, like – I know Zim had the Pats at 14, and I think Paris Johnson's a great pick. I thought they could also probably sneak in with a receiver there. Um, and then I honestly think the Chiefs could sneak in with a receiver at this last pick as well. Mm-hmm. But you know, Bill's not going to take a receiver at 14. That's just yeah. not his. Yeah. Like, I every year I'm like, they need a receiver. They need to pick one where they are. And they really never do. I, I don't know what was their last, like, first round receiver pick. I'll go look that up. But. Oh, it was uh, Nikhil Harry. Oh, yeah. That's why we're not going to fucking do that. Over again. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and Sony Michelle over Nick Chubb. Never forget. <laughs> hey, Sony um, won us a ring. So. But I, I do think uh, the Patriots at 14, um, potential Brian Branch landing there mm-hmm. um, with the retirement of uh, McGordy. I mean, Agreed. to be honest, that's, that's fair. I think he's going to trade it down, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's the, that's the Bill way. So, and then I also, I also thought the Lions could be in play for a quarterback. I really don't think so. That's I, I also felt like that, but I just felt like the way that the, the way that our board shook up, like I I I I, I, I kind of lost it there. Yeah. Um. I feel like if C.J. Stroud, honestly, like Tondo, I feel like you picking C.J. Stroud for the Titans is was just like, I mean, you know, 
agree, disagree with me if you, if you really feel like it. But like, it's kind of just like just get him off the board. He deserves to be there. He deserves to be off the board. He should be off the board. But I feel like if he falls, the Lions taking him at eighteen would be a steal of a steal. It would be a a heist, a, a Mona Lisa heist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, like the Lions. They're also in an interesting position now, too, with like the suspension of some guys with their little gambling ring that they had, which I thought was just arguably funny. Um, <laughs> you know, going down. Yeah, on, they cut some guys completely. But I know like Jameson, uh, their wide receiver, he's did he get suspended for the full year? No, six yeah. games, six games. So not detrimental, but still like, you know. The Lions were an exciting team, and they made some questionable moves. Now in this offseason, they need a they need a splash. Yeah, I think going defense there isn't the isn't not the right choice. I love Kalijah Kansi, and I think if he falls to eighteen, that is the right pick. But if he doesn't, I think they should go tight end because I don't think Brock Wright and Zane Zilstra are going to get it done for that team. Mm. Uh, yeah, I forgot they so traded think, T.J. Hawkinson and still yeah competed. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I think either going Dalton or Michael Mayer there would be great. Or even Darnell Washington, if you just want a big freak body who's going to bite someone's kneecaps off, like Dan Campbell loves, that's uh, <laughs> that's someone that would go there. I was um, a little shocked that we had uh, Michael Mayer kind of fall out of the first round there. I know the yeah. board falls the way the board falls, but I was kind of looking at um, back-to-back picks with Cincinnati and New Orleans. Yeah. That's yeah. potential. I mean, look at Cincinnati. They signed Irv Smith, but – what do you what do you think you're actually going to get in Irv Smith? You know, that's the yeah. thing. They they went out and signed a bunch of guys to compete for T two, and even T one for that matter. Like they signed Drew Sample, they signed uh, Asiasi for New England, mm-hmm. and part of me thinks that Mayer could come in there and just beat all of them. Yeah, like I, I actually figured that Dalton Kincaid could be a good spot there too because yeah. he's a guy that can walk in and be the T one for Joe Burrow. Like that yeah. just makes. My opinion, yeah. I, the Bengals could they can't go wrong with either tackle or tight end there. Um, I just think if they take Mayer, even with Irv Smith there, Mayer's going to be their true why, like I said earlier. And then if they want to split the tight end out in pat like obvious passing situations, then Irv Smith would come in and it'd be a good one two punch because they are so mm-hmm. different. Irv will get vertical and stretch the offense and make the defense second guess where Mayer will just catch a drag or catch a dig over the middle and just run through people. So it would be very good one-two tight end luck if they took him there at 29. You're technically 28 with the Dolphins not having a pick, but formatting-wise, this just looked cleaner. Yeah. I yeah, wish so. I wish they just uh, they did a raffle for that 21st pick. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's kind of silly just having it forfeited and then just like present there where it's like yep there's no 21st pick it's like raffle it off <laughs> i hope they give they them the do, uh, minutes they could the do clock. uh what the old the early 2000s xfl did where they put a uh they put a football on the uh, on the on the 20 yard <laughs> line and then they have 31 other players from each each of the other teams run. no have the head coaches do it yeah <laughs> yeah 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 who would win that one Sean McVay probably. Uh, yeah, I was, gonna, I was just gonna say. Or to me, I don't know. Sean McVay, I feel like is like done with athletics. He just wants to sit at a beach. <laughs> I think my sleeper pick would be Vrabel. Ooh, true. I'm I'm saying Campbell. Yeah, he would. Yeah, that he guy would, can't yeah. do. Yeah, there's nothing this this man can't do. 
Yeah, Nick Sirianni yeah, would be in tears before he even took one he'd step. He'd cry. Yeah. Bill would just look at this and be like, yeah, Bill would just look at this and be like, this is the stupidest thing ever. What happened to our league? It's in shambles. Bill would send his son to go do it. Crazy. Yeah. And he's like, it's just dumb. He's smashing beers. Yeah. Smoking cigars and eating cheeseburgers. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. That was great to me. So this is our board. Nice. This is our board. Look how it turned out, fellas. Are we better or worse than last year? Off the cuff. I think in terms of what we got, we're in a good spot. But this draft is just so unpredictable after the first like seven or eight picks. That's the thing. I have little confidence that the teams are going to remain in these picks. Like I would say, yeah. maybe sixty percent of the teams on this board are even going to pick of where they uh, where they are. Yeah, that's just my my take. I think the players, though, I'd I'd be confident to say ninety five percent of them are in the first round. Yes. Yeah, I, I think the players are all going to shake out pretty well here. Yeah, I'm a fan. Hell yeah. Sweet. Any last things people want to bring up draft-wise? Uh, look for uh, Tim Demorat and Fotis Pocosoulis of Fordham University to go in the uh, sixth or seventh round. I think they're they're too good not to not – to- too good to pass up on. So that's all I'll say. Um, the Chargers should draft B. John Robinson at 21. <laughs> you don't say. I think the Ravens should draft B. John Robinson, but well, I'll, I'll, I'll kindly disagree with you on that one. All right. Let's talk about that. Yeah. This one's for Basil. Oh, sorry, guys. We're on the clock here. Yeah. I don't know. Fuck for his favorite okay, movie. So the Browns now have 10 I, I will say the, the out of context that, clip that? that I saw on TikTok. Uh, kind of enticed me to watch it more, knowing that like, uh, oh my god, I'm I'm like losing his name, but the guy, the guy from Veep that also works for the White House that like everyone hates is is in this movie. Uh, so I might be more enticed to watch it. And then this guy right here, that bald guy that was right next to Kevin Costner, is in like a, he's in like a ton of other stuff. So Jason Alexander. <laughs> no, this guy, that that guy right there, that guy right there, that, that oh, guy on the card. Yeah, I don't know his name, but he's. He's in a ton of stuff. He's always like in that supporting cast where he's like wearing a suit and he's like, this isn't going to work. And then like it always works, but he's always like, ah, you, he's like, you got me again. I should have trusted you. So <laughs> I can't believe you they brought have... Rich Eisen in for that movie. You might have a career in impressions, Basil. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you should, yeah, you should go for it. Yeah, not movie critics. That, that ain't your career. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Keep Kevin Costner's name out your damn mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that's our show. Happy draft week. Happy draft day. If you're enjoying the movie, like us normal Americans, have fun. If you're Basil and you hate and you hate Kevin Costner, go play in traffic. But until next time, we got Basil, like Jordan, Zimmer, <laughs> and myself and Clubfoot Jim. What so long close. and take it easy. Bye, everybody. <laughs> thanks for listening remember to hit the follow button on spotify and leave us a review on apple podcast join the conversation on twitter and instagram and check out house-enterprise.com for all of our content 
There's also no better way to end this podcast than a note from our partners over at Manscaped. What guy or girl wouldn't want the right tools for the job? Head over to manscaped.com house or use the code house at checkout for 20% off and free shipping on your orders. See you next time. And remember, the house always wins.